0: It's also, this, like, not really a Homeward Bound reboot, but is exactly a Homeward Bound it's reboot. It's the exact same plot as Homeward Bound.
1: <laughs> but this one has, like, the unlikely animal pairings of the dog who becomes friends with a cougar.
0: A cougar. Like, that's just... And it's so weird because it's, like, it feels like it's trying to be, like, this kind of semi-realistic thing. And then all of a sudden this, like, CGI, CGI. cougar shows and it up. it was the most CGI of CGI cougars. <laughs> yeah, it was not even, like, trying to be real. It was... Um, This was
2: like the worst trailer ever because it tells you the entirety of the movie. It's a dog's...
0: A dog's, a dog's Way Home, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was a... The entire movie was shown in the one and a half minute trailer.
2: We know how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> we know that
1: the dog gets home safe, everybody. And I'm like, is and this like...
2: And you see the reunion scene <laughs> in the trailer.
1: And <laughs> you see why the dog ran off in the first place. So it, there's no reason to see the movie because you saw the trailer, which was the entire movie.
0: Yeah, and I feel like it was... Like, maybe because it's, like, a kid's movie, they didn't want to, like, leave kids hanging on, like, does this dog make its way home? But also, just, like, don't make this movie at all. I would be okay with this movie just not being made. And it was, like, from the creators of A Dog's Purpose and The Life of Dogs, all of these, like, sappy movies that just, like... So
1: Um, sappy You were (laughs)
3: retching You were like In the theater (laughs) What
1: was the sappiest trailer I think I've ever seen Like you might have been retching Jim and I were sitting there Just laughing hysterically (laughs) (laughs)
0: But yeah, so yeah, this was just the trailer to the movie that we actually went to go see, which was Into the Spider-Verse, and that was amazing. All right. It's spectacular. <laughs> it's
2: so much fun! Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, it was amazing, it was spectacular, it was superior, it was any of the amazing. other adjectives that have been yeah. used for Spider-Man comics over yes. the years, because this movie so perfectly captures spider-man like as a comic book in movie form um so yeah this movie just came out uh the full the wide release was yesterday um we're watching it today um this won't be coming out until new year's eve but um yeah if you still haven't seen it by this point like go out and see it um it is the story of the uh so miles morales is the center of the story uh but it is about all of like these different spider people from different areas of the multiverse it's marvel it's complicated they simplify a whole lot which is nice um because uh, again like the whole story of the multiverse is something that is like at least like a couple of decades of marvel comics history uh, <laughs> that is in and of itself just like convoluted uh so what you're saying something from <laughs> marvel comics is convoluted get out craig yeah. <laughs>
2: But you don't need to know any of that going in because they do such no, a nice they, job kind they of summarizing it. Super well. it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, but I'm gonna break it down just a little bit anyway as best yes, as I can please. because I'm a huge comic book nerd and please, um, I've always been more on the X Men side of things. But Spider Man's definitely been in my like circle. Uh, I've watched, you know, all of, I'm sure, you know, Colin, you've seen the animated series. I've seen uh, the seen animated it? Okay. series, yeah. Yeah. Um Spider-Man no, Unlimited. Not, yeah. Did you, either of you watch that one? It was, like, no. future no. Spider-Man, another one. Um, but, yeah, so essentially, there's been a little bit of a retcon as far as Marvel goes, and this is, like, kind of just based off of my reading, kind of going into this, wanting to know a little bit more um, about, like, these different worlds that these characters are coming from. And the retcon for marvel was that the spider that bit the original peter parker was actually a like a interdimensional uh like totem for this spider god uh called either i think it's the great weaver um mm-hmm. that kind of pulls together all of the multiverse and okay. so, like, all of these, like, this one god is kind of like pulls the strings of the multiverse and like keeps it all together in a giant web. And so, all of these different oh. Spider-Man, yeah, okay. Spider Man, yeah, Spider Women, Spider Pigs. Web
2: we see at one point.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, there is like that imagery, like, as um, we're showing in the movie, of the webs of different dimensions. And so, yeah, uh, they don't go super into that lore in this movie, um, but that's a part of the comic lore. Um, and I feel like that was a, a good part to not go super in-depth into in the movie. But, but they
1: leave like just enough for somebody like you to recognize that they're nodding to this thing that yeah they're, like recognizing this thing
0: and so yeah so each spider person like each multiverse each like universe within the multiverse has its own like totem of this spider god which is why we have all of these different spider-man uh which is like said in the comics why spider-man goes up against so many animal like oh. villains we have like you know doc ock we've got the vulture rhino um these are all like spider-man's like nemesis, and the reason why it's said is because they are you know the like totems of other gods that like exist within this multiverse um so yeah that's pretty much a little bit of marvel history for you um and so yeah let's talk first thoughts on this because i'm just like bursting at the seams
1: (laughs) this movie is gorgeous yeah like it's like so visually stunning and uh, i don't know really even how to describe it but tara i'm sure you can i have a whole section here which
3: is
0: called (laughs) visual (laughs) so as we've discussed before tara works in animation she is an animator she's worked in filmmaking as well so uh yeah if you've got some notes on the technical aspects of this let us know yeah
2: (laughs) or um because this is a spoiler free version right so yeah right now we're
1: in the spoiler free -free free section. section.
3: Okay,
2: so there's a couple different techniques that they use in this which are fascinating. So they have a nice blend of kind of 2D and 3D styles and how they do that—that that is the 3D rendering of the characters then has what's called halftone on top of it. That's all those little points, those dots that look like, you know, when you print comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, so halftone is all over everything in the shadows in this. It's in when they, um, you know, are, are pointing a flashlight. It's in every frame almost and it really... Um, blends the kind of comic into film world really well
0: it's also a really great way that they use focus in the movie of having it um like there's literally one moment where they're driving um he's in the car with his dad and there's a scene behind them where there's uh the sign of a store and it's kind of like blurry and then it like shifts into focus as you're looking in the rearview mirror uh and that half tone that you're saying it does a really really good job of stylizing like what is focused and what is out of focus on the screen.
2: Yeah. They also do a really interesting technique that I don't think I've seen before where, um, in almost every shot, maybe not every single one, I'd have to rewatch it to tell, but they do this ghosting effect where if you think about when you print comics, the CMYK printing, if it becomes unaligned, you get that weird border, you know, where it's like a little oh,
1: too pink. Yeah, yeah I know and exactly what blue. you're talking about. Yeah.
2: Almost every frame has that technique that they're using doubling like, the character's face, especially in the extreme foreground, um, any kind of, you know, close-up shots, they do this weird effect, and then once we move into that kind of comic part, then it's everywhere. Like, every object has this kind of offset CMYK, which is another nod back to the comics. Yeah.
0: So, wait, what is that called? Oh, CMYK. CMYK. Okay. Uh, uh,
2: what the uh Cyan, magenta, yellow, K is black, right? Oh, okay. So that's, think about, like, when you have a newspaper and you have, like, the f- uh, four-color printing in the newspaper. I can uh-huh. see that. Or yeah, the like, yeah, same seen, like, the thing like with uh, yes. yeah. the
1: printer in your office. Like, exactly. The magenta yes. cartridge runs out and now you can't print anything. Yes, yeah.
2: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So they use that technique all over the place and it's so beautiful.
1: Yeah. And, and speaking of, like, you've got to see this on the big screen. Yes. Like, oh do, not do not to, wait for this at all. Like, you, you've got, because the animation is so impressive, you got to see it on the scale that it was meant to be seen on.
0: I just, uh, it is a spectacle it is something to behold and it is something that feels like um even watching it because everything pops out so much it feels almost like you're watching it in 3d like with the 3d glasses on but like without the 3d glasses yeah
1: so it's like watching a 3d movie without having to have the headache after or the eye strain or the
2: feeling like you're gonna vomit in the middle of it yes (laughs) um they also do this really cool technique i don't think it's a spoiler to say that someone gets bitten by a spider, right? Like we know that that's going to well, Obviously that's going to happen. <laughs> okay. um, so the moment after he's bitten by the spider, it kind of, it's all in this kind of semi photorealistic world. And once he's bitten, that's where they start having all those big, bold, I have, I wrote down um, energy streams of color everywhere. Right. And the, um, text starts, the text boxes start popping up. And, oh
1: yeah, I loved that. Yeah. And the
2: paneling starts happening and then you have like little asterisks for sound effects or, you know, the text of sound effects showing up and it's all kind of post him being bitten moving into the comic world, which is narratively a really nice way of, of kind of distinguishing between the kind of normal world and then once he's been bitten and becomes superhero
0: Yeah, and I do love that too because it is like you said, this like huge, like scene, this huge, like tonal shift. And then like, when it pulls back out to the external of him, it's just him like looking down and being like, Oh, and he just (laughs) kind of flicks it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so that's a really good uh, again contrast. This movie is all about contrast, yes. and using contrast is so so, so well, amazingly well. Yeah,
2: so well visually, so well auditory, like in terms of the sound, it really does contrast.
0: Because there are scenes um, like where there's a lot happening on the screen, and you never lose the characters. There's like literally like the end of the movie is just kind of like this huge, crazy, bombastic, frenetic, just like. Clusterfuck of Of,
1: of spider creatures fighting other um, creatures creatures. as
2: the universe is like exploding. Uh, uh, Well, yeah, (laughs) as the
1: multiverse is like collapsing on itself because all of the universes are colliding.
0: Uh, And so, yeah, but you like never lose track of any of the characters. You always can see where they are on screen, um, which is more than I can say for Super Smash Brothers. And you never
1: never lose track of geography. You never lose track of like where you are within the space or where you are within the world. Yeah.
2: And to pull that off again, they are using every bright brash color there is and there's so much happening and so many different colors on the screen at the same time and yet you don't lose focus from what's happening which is a real achievement
1: and to make this happen it took three directors and over 140 animators which is the largest staff of animators sony has ever employed on one picture
2: yeah it was it shows yeah (laughs) yeah, when we were watching the credits i was like their compositing team is hundreds of people right like that's how how um kind of tactically sophisticated. Yeah,
0: I read somewhere that it took uh, one week to animate every second of this movie. So it's one week of time yes. to animate every single second. And, and this movie <laughs>
1: is close to two hours long. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: yes. And then the intro, I knew I knew nothing about this movie coming into it, and I think for people who walk in um, without any knowledge, you know from the moment it starts, even the text they have, like Sony Pictures, even that is beautifully rendered and starts kind of hinting at the kind of visual sophistication that's to come.
0: Well, even the um, what was the logo um, for the production company? It's yes, the,
2: yeah, uh, I don't remember which one. It's like the
0: lady production. holding up the torch.
1: Oh, um, I'm
0: forgetting the, Paramount. Is Paramount. Is it Paramount? No, no, no it's the stars TriStar. Mountain. Is it TriStar?
1: No, because TriStar's uh, overt. Uh, God, this is driving Tristar's me nuts. Tristar's the horse. Tristar's the horse. Um, Whatever, you crap. all know the but, one we yeah. Yes, about. you know which one. <laughs> just because um, I can't remember which studio that is. But
0: I love how <sighs> even in that they have like, it's like glitching out and like showing like the different like versions, quote unquote, of mm-hmm. this like uh, emblem. Uh, and then one of the first things that it shows up is... Um, the what is it? The Comics Alliance.
1: Yes, uh, <laughs> approved by the Comics Alliance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, which no, was the Comics Code. Thank oh, you, thank okay. you. Yeah, approved you. by the Comic Code, which was a thing like back in the day that like it had to be American and wholesome content.
0: Yeah, for yeah. the kids, which uh, arguably kind of like ruined comics for a little while. Uh, but similar yeah. to the Hayes Code in, uh, <laughs> yeah, in cinema history. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Just overall, I, I just I cannot say how much I love this movie. I'm already ready to just go watch it again. Yeah, when I want to go back already.
2: When we came out of the movie theater today, we were like, oh, we want to start talking about it now. Oh shit, gotta get. Home and <laughs> That's set the problem up all the of us of us
1: going together to see these movies in the theater is that there's this whole stretch of like we can't talk about what we just saw. <laughs>
2: and especially here where it's so um, enthusiastically um, exciting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Very rarely have I recently left a theater and felt visually that it was um, super sophisticated, compelling, that the story really like held together and had so many different interesting aspects. Even for me who doesn't know all the Easter eggs and isn't, you know, a huge um, fan of Spider-Man in general, like it did both. It did both. It could speak to the folks who know the lore and it could speak to someone like me who, you know, I I know who Aunt May is. (laughs) And it it tells a a
1: compelling story and it tells it well and it fills it with uh, like, three-dimensional and likable and rounded characters like every one of these different spider people bring something new to the table and bring something cool and they don't do anything dumb they don't try and force a romance between miles morales and uh gwen spider Stacey. and gwen stacy yeah. they don't like try to give you know a happy ending to somebody who doesn't need one it's just all done so well from a storytelling perspective it's-
0: yeah and one of my favorite things is miles as a character, his family dynamic yes. is one of, like... Yeah, it's great. It's, it's so great, first of all, to just see, like, a superhero that has both parents alive and in yes. <laughs> a good
3: relationship. Yes.
0: Uh, and it's, like, especially good to see that, like, for, uh, like, a black character yes. on screen, Afro-Latino yes. character. And it was just so heartwarming to see a character, and it's one of the lines in the movie, uh, you know, I will kind of get to it in spoilers, but just kind of like that, idea of like it very clearly is a movie that recognizes the importance and uh the like gravity of like having a character that looks like you on screen Mm -hmm. and like that representation and also does it in a way where it's um that's not like the center of the drama it's not like oh like this character is black, so we have to, like...
2: Uh, talk about it at all times. Yeah. <laughs> it's like,
0: no, like, this character is black, and then you can see that, okay. so let's do the story now. <laughs> it, which, it does and that really which, well. Which
1: is interesting, because, like, on movies like this that have, like, a really high... or really liked by the critics, I like to dig into what the blurbs are from people who didn't like it. And one guy said that he thinks it's pandering to the non-white audience.
0: That's... I, I don't think it's even pandering to the non-white audience. It just recognizes that like who the movie is for and it doesn't try to pander to like a white audience by like when he's speaking in spanish it's like there's not like subtitles on the screen it's it's It's, just it's like yeah it's like and you can get it from context you know like there's like one scene where his mom says something and i can't remember the exact line because my spanish is horrible but it's like you know she's saying that Uh, your dad loves you a lot and then the next line is she says that in Spanish and the next line is that's why he's so tough on you and it's like things like that where it's like you can get the context of these lines like if you're watching the movie and paying attention to the story it's not that hard Uh, like sure like if the entire movie was in Spanish like yeah you might need subtitles but there's enough of it and that's why I love like one of the first things I like was like screaming about I was like yes the Spanglish I love it
2: That obviously, that person has spent a lot of time in Brooklyn because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very diverse place.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of like our first thoughts. Um, and when we get back from the Brave, we'll dig in and go into some spoilers. let's dig right in because i am so so ready (laughs) i
1: I did have one question because i didn't really read spider-man i read some x-men i read like uh some other things like that but i didn't read much spider-man was the guy who the uncle turned out to be like the villain is that a character that i should recognize from the comics
0: no, well, so from Miles Morales' universe, so the. Okay. So. Yeah, can you. Can you <laughs> all right, so. Craig, Craig, knuckle crack. <laughs> Deep breath. Yep, all I'm right, so, in. yeah, yep. Marvel multiverse <laughs> history. Uh, so, the main Earth in the Marvel universe is Earth 616. Um, Miles Morales comes from the Ultimate Universe. I don't remember the number of it, um, like, all the different Earths have numbers, uh, where there is, like, a Peter Parker as Spider Man. Uh, and Miles is uh, like all of this. This movie pretty much tracks like that universe. Uh, and so it is not, the uncle is not like a villain in the main 616, as far as I know. Um, okay. And so that, but he is like within the comics, he is within the ultimate universe. This is kind of like Miles's origin story where he is bitten by the spider. Uh, it turns out that his uncle is. Um, yeah. He's like stealing. So originally it's like he steals like these spiders for, I forget who he's stealing them for. Um, but one of them gets loose and that's the one that bites miles. Uh, and so this like changes it up a little bit in that way. Um, and I think if I'm remembering, he was, yeah, he's the prowler. So yeah. That's, prowler. Yeah. Okay. So as far as that goes, that's like not within like the main universe, but then uh, the whole thing is, like, Miles ends up, like, getting pulled into the main universe after his universe collapses, and, yeah, that's a whole, whole other, <laughs> whole other thing.
2: Maybe that would be uh, the second movie. That sounds great. Yeah. Let's have that. Um, but, yeah, so,
0: like, when we start, we get, like, the uh, like Peter Parker talking, and he's, like, you know, uh, each new Spider-Man that's introduced gets, like, their own intro, which is, like, starts with kind of, like, a drop of a comic book, and this is, like, their issue. And uh, so Spider-Man explains, you know, he thought he was the only one, and then... Oh, God.
2: <laughs> and then it gets more complicated Yeah. There. But I really like the narrative device of being like, okay, we're going to back up. And Let's ex- start from the beginning start one, from- more, one time. more time. One more time, right? And it- starting from a comic book and kind of quickly summarizing the history and or like what important facts we need to know to understand the plot. Yeah,
1: they give you like a one sentence synopsis of each person's origin story and then how they got like another like sentence or couple sentences of how they got to where we are now.
0: Yeah.
2: Yes. And done in a separate animation style that's always really interesting for each character
1: i know. did love to the
0: there's like a little moment where he is talking about his origin story and he's talking about like what he's done he's at this point this peter parker has been spider-man for like 10 years and it seems like apparently he's like in the universe or he's the spider-man of the universe of like, the Tobey Maguire years yes. of <laughs> Spider-Man, because there's, like, one part where he's, like, doing the dance the through the street. Yeah. From, uh, <laughs> Which was great. Yep.
1: Oh, yeah, because th- they also pretty much just say that the Sam Raimi movies are canon in this universe, because they're showing a bunch of imagery from Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2. And Spider-Man 3 happened, but we don't talk about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: um, so, yeah, I just...
2: There's so much to talk about. Well, like, what well, was it? I'm gonna start asking you guys stuff then? Yeah, go ahead. like
0: what was your favorite acting scene? Oh god, I really liked the one. So after they um, find out that they need to get this drive because this Peter Parker in this universe uh, will go with young Parker, and we then go. we've got old man Parker or old man <laughs> Peter. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, the younger Parker in this one, he's trying to stop. the the kingpin from using this device to uh he's trying to find a alternate reality version of his wife and child who uh were killed in a car accident that we find out a little later in the movie uh and so he's trying to stop him from using this device by putting this like drive-in that he's created and they go back to the lab after the old man Parker shows up and he's trying to get it fixed so he can get back to his universe and stop all this from happening. Again, and they meet up with, uh, as they are, like the scientist who they think is kind of like this, like frumpy, like kind of like disheveled woman. Mm-hmm. Actually, turns out her name is uh, Olivia Octavius, and she's like this dimensions, Doc Ock. Uh, Doc Doc Ock. Ock. And <laughs> that was one of the funny, funniest parts, too, where it's like, oh, do people here call you Doc Ock? She's like, no, my friends call me Liv, my enemies call me Doc Ock. <laughs> and she's got these, like, really cool, her, um, her, Tentacles are more um, like fluid than like the metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. than
1: the the metal ones that are in Spider Man 2. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. uh, and so um, that was probably one of my favorite action scenes is them like kind of like trying to steal the computer as Miles like discovers his invisibility power and uh trying to get out and then when they're swinging through and spider gwen shows up yeah that was just one of my favorite scenes and
2: i love the the again really smart writing where you know they're supposed to be copying it over to the thumbnail drive or whatever but he, she has so many files on her computer on the desktop aren't <laughs> sorted that he just ends up stealing the giant desktop the computer, computer. <laughs> the computer
0: with the
1: monitor
2: <laughs> right? so what yeah. action sequence happens where you're like holding a monitor and yeah and then he,
1: there's, there's a great joke there's so many great jokes in this movie but It's good news you don't need the monitor and he just throws the monitor away i know because i was like why is he why why does he need the monitor monitor? (laughs) but i would say i'd go with the one like towards the end where they're all kind of fighting together and there's the, the various villains and uh but particularly when doc ock is fighting against uh spider gwen
0: oh yeah uh that one that whole scene was again just like Everything was happening everywhere, and yeah. it was so much to keep track of. But it does a really good job of tracking all of that. Yeah, um, Doc Ock is probably my favorite as far as the villains mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. I liked her yeah. more than Kingpin almost. Like, I, yeah. I think she was, uh, her movement was really awesome in this. I just, I'm so over uh, overwhelmed by the animation in this. Yes. Um,
2: that each character has their own unique obviously characters that design and visual style, but then how they move, their gait, but not just what their powers are, but like how they even kind of walk across a room is different, which is a whole Yeah, know, there's
1: like a, a distinction between like the young Peter Parker and Peter B. Parker mm-hmm. in yeah. the way that they move and the way they, yeah. Yeah,
0: and well, an old man Parker is, as far as I know, yeah, from the original universe. So we've got him, we've got, uh, who is voiced by Jake Johnson, mm-hmm. From uh, if anyone's seen the new girl, Yep. Uh, which I love that show. <laughs> um, and then we've got Spider Ham, who's voiced by John Mulaney, and he's a know. pig. Who's,
2: who's, oh my gosh, Spider Ham is my favorite character. I had no idea. I was like in on the you know on the drive home like googling it, trying to learn more about Spider Ham. Um, Who's basically doing a like Nathan Lane impression? Right, I was like, is that Nathan Lane? No, no, it sounds like someone's doing an impersonation of Nathan. They, they should have just gotten Nathan Lane to do it.
0: I mean, I love John Mulaney, yeah. so I'm 100% okay with it. Yeah. I think
2: my, one of my favorite moments in the whole film is when uh, Spider Ham says that. Do animals talk in this universe, or am I f- going to? I don't want to freak me? him out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then the joke at the end about that's all, folks, because he looks a lot like Porky Pig. He looks like Porky Pig. Then yeah. there's the like fourth wall breaking where they're like, "Hey, can we even say that legally?" <laughs> 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 like, wait a minute, is this a copyright thing? Uh,
0: and then yeah, we've got Gwen Stacy, uh, who is Voice she's by Haley the first Stan- one, Stanfield, yeah, and she's like the first one to show up in the movie um, as. She's been here for a little while. She was kind of the first one to get pulled through. Uh, And so she is Spider Woman. And then, or is she Spider Girl? I don't know. Spider Woman. Okay. Uh, And then we've got. Spider-Man Noir. Yes. <laughs> oh,
1: God, I loved that character so yes. much.
0: Who was he voiced by? Nicolas Cage. Okay, yes. I thought so, I was like, for a second, I thought it was uh, Liam Neeson. There was like yeah. a second where I thought it was Liam Neeson, and then I saw the credits, and I was like, oh, Nicolas oh. Cage. Yep. Um, and I also loved one of the little things about him is he only can see in black and white, because <laughs> he's like looking at a Rubik's Cube, and you like can't tell the difference from the sides. <laughs> That was so amazing. Yeah, how did they
2: get a good, several good Rubik's Cube jokes, right? (laughs) Yeah. And so he and his noir world and the kind of old-timey language that he uses. Yeah, because he's
1: from the 30s where he's a private investigator who punches Nazis. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, And then we had uh, Penny Parker. Yeah, um, and she's played by Kimiko Glenn. Um, And... Oh, she's probably in the spider suit, but it's like SP uh, forward slash forward slash DR. Oh, nice. So like super like anime, like hack dot slash, like. (laughs) Yep.
2: And it's lovely because you have one style of filmmaking noir, you have anime references, and then you have the kind of Uh, Looney Tunes Porky Pig style referenced, then you have the two different Peter Parker and Peter B. Parkers that are in there. Yeah, it's really...
1: And you're blending all these styles just perfectly.
2: Yes, and again, I don't know how they they pulled that off, right? Each one has its own unique style, and yet they still hold together as a cohesive
1: unit. And and saying all that just started to get into how deep of a bench this movie is playing with, because... It's also got Mahershala Ali. Yes. It's also got Lily Tomlin. It's also got Zoe Kravitz. It's also got Liev Schreiber and Chris Pine and Oscar Isaac and a uh, posthumous cameo by Stan Lee.
0: Oh, God, that cameo. Oh. I Which I up. cried oh. <laughs> because
1: I knew that there was going to be a posthumous cameo, that like he had recorded this before his death. But then what he says is... I'm going to miss him. Yeah. Yeah. And that just made me cry.
0: <laughs> and and when it was, um, he was talking about, you know, the suit and uh, Miles is asking, you know, it was like, I'm not sure if it'll fit. And he, uh, Stan Lee says, you know, it always fits it always eventually. Does. And it was just such a beautiful moment. And it felt like it was like so knowing like, in that moment, like it just, it really, like, it was one of the longest cameos we've seen from Stan Lee in, in one of the movies, at least in a very long time. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any other movie where he's had that much... Screen time. Like, screen time. Uh, and then, yeah, just, like, what he was saying was just so... It just felt so knowing. And I, I loved it so much, and I definitely... Definitely, definitely cried. <laughs>
2: um, like I teared up actually at the end where they have the kind of in memoriam.
0: Yeah, where
1: they, where they like just had an illustration of his glasses and a yes. quote from him. Yeah. yeah,
2: and it was like the theater was dead silent and it was kind of like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking
0: of another one, um, when uh, they did a really cool thing with uh, the phone contacts. Uh, and so one of the ones that they had was Steve Ditko, uh, who just passed this year too. Um, Brian Michael Bendis was B Bendis in uh, Miles's phone uh, and he's the um, author who created Miles Morales as Spider-Man. Uh, and so
2: and is one of the EP executive producers on the
0: movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure I probably missed, you know, a few other ones in there. Uh, but those are the ones that I was like I caught as they were scrolling through. I was like B Bendis. <laughs> I don't know. That one. I, know. Yep.
2: <laughs> I I I guess I'm trying to think of what my favorite action scene is. I it's maybe not an action scene, but when um, he's testing out his powers, right? We've, that's a, in part of the origin story. We've seen a thousand variations on it. When he gets stuck on her hair, and then he has to, you know, and then it has to have her hair cut off. And you're just—he's looking at his palm, just like covered in hair. And then in the next scene, he gets stuck on pigeons. And like can't <laughs> oh, get rid that was so
1: pigeon. great! And he's like going out and walking across the walls, but like he's sticking and unsticking and getting dragged around yeah. by the birds. And. Yes.
2: Oh. Playful and clever. Yeah, really,
0: really fun. And uh, again, back to each character having their own style, it's again something else that was knowing within the movie of Peter talking with Miles about swinging. And he's like, there's like that scene where they're running from Doc Ock, and Peter's like swinging. He's like, you gotta swing. And he's like, no, I've always just been, I'm I'm better at running than swinging. (laughs) Uh, And then in that, like that last. Uh, not the last scene, but kind of, like, the climax where he finally is, like, tuning into his powers and, like, going full on. Takes his leap of faith. Yeah, Yeah. he's very much, like, incorporating that, like, where he's doing, like, almost as much swinging as he is running. He's, Mm -hmm. like, swinging down and, like, running in between cars, swinging up and then, like, doing wall runs as he's doing that, like, adding some parkour mechanics into his style. And it's very much, like very clearly him. Like, this is his style. Yes.
2: And that scene has one of my favorite shots in the movie where it's when he takes his leap of faith and the camera flips upside down. So rather than looking like he's falling, it looks like he's in slow motion rising up, right? It's so lovely. It's so beautiful. The fact that you just... Twists us around 180 degrees and we're still with it the action and not confused and they
1: they do that all the yeah. time in this movie too they do such fun things with the camera and our perspective of like what's up and what's down that it just like you start to get so used to it and it's so impressive every time
2: yes and i like that's why you know as someone who works in animation i often find pixar animation kind of boring after a while because it's like in animation, you don't have to have gravity. Why are we so bound by like normal rules? This film really takes the. We can move the camera anywhere, we can have these really long tracking shots, we can flip upside down, uh, we can rapidly jump from different styles of animation. There's like a watercolor moment, there's all kinds of different things happening, really embracing the kind of plastic, elasticity, playfulness of animation.
0: Yeah, like that one part where he's diving in between like two buildings as they're coming up in this crazy like Mm -hmm. finale scene where reality is being warped and everything Mm -hmm. like bending and twisting and he's like sliding in between two buildings and it's like stretched out to the point where it's like, he's like the top of his head is like, half an inch on the screen but then it feels like his feet are like you know 20 feet away mm-hmm. um it, it's uh, I love it you can do anything with animation yes. and like you said it's this movie takes every advantage of that and
2: plays with it and takes that idea and runs with it and the, as I was watching I'm like why didn't they make all the Spider-Man movies uh uh animated Animated? yeah like why do we even bother like why do we need this photorealistic version when you can have this super dynamic style instead
0: well that's one of those things too that like we're as we're getting all of these live action remakes of things i'm like i would love to see the inverse of that i would love to see some like animated versions of like live action movies (laughs) well well, that's that's a thing that americans
1: (laughs) have a problem with like americans don't seem to seem to view like animated movies, especially as something that's for children and the rest of the world doesn't. So I think it's uh, movies like this are something that I think can help us to break out of that routine because we need more animated movies like this.
0: Yeah. um, I've really also loved miles's relationships in this movie. Um, His uncle, that was one of the most, like, heartbreaking things of...
2: Did you know that was coming, the twist?
0: No, well, so I knew in the comics that his uncle, like, turned out to be a bad guy. I thought it was... From what I read, I thought it was, like, something called, like, Iron Spider. I might be wrong, again, because I'm not super familiar with Mm -hmm. this... uh, With Miles in the comics, Mm -hmm. um, his entire history. Um, But I... Yeah, (laughs) so I I wasn't sure... um, when he first appeared, that that was him. Mm-hmm. Until we get back to like once he's in the apartment. Uh, oh my god! And the uh, soundscape for that yes. character was like the like kind of like clanging like sound that appeared like that happened around him. Yes. Um, that like felt like he was emanating it somehow. Yes. And even though it was like kind of in the background, um, it was the it set the atmosphere for his character so well. Uh, And then, yeah, when that moment happens, when he discovers that that it's his uncle and then his uncle is uh, like they confront each other in that moment before Kingpin shoots Mm -hmm. him was just heartbreaking.
2: Yes. When I've actually been surprised in a comic book movie that someone's like family turns out to be the villain. Right, This is like (laughs) totally cliche, but it's actually really affecting and surprising.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also love the relationship between Miles and his dad.
0: Oh my god, yes! <laughs> it was so beautiful. <laughs> and,
2: and speaking about sound, that the the touching scene where they're on either side of the door, and the dad doesn't know that he's been you know, that, that was he's all that up.
1: was a heartbreaking scene. It's a heartbreaking too.
2: scene, and the, again, in animation, you have to construct the whole world, and it's particularly for sound, right? So the only sounds in that scene are the sound of the chair squeaking and then the sound of his like head thudding into the door like when he puts his head like he wants to reach out to his dad but maybe not and just that little thud mm. of hitting the door i'm like <laughs> this is beautiful it's
1: beautiful and, and, but and the end of that scene where his dad says i love you but you don't have to say it back because there's a comedic moment in the beginning where he's forces him to say i love you and the steps of the school, like, on a loudspeaker in a police car. Yeah. In front of all of his friends. We
2: love you,
0: Dad. Yep. Um, yeah, that was... I loved his entire family dynamic. Uh, and it was one of those things where... And even his dad's relationship with the uncle, his brother, mm-hmm. um, was one where you could tell there was a lot of love. Mm-hmm. And when he, you know, finally discovered... Like, when he discovers his brother's body there... it. Again, just, like, tore me up. It was just...
1: They also tell you that it was a strained relationship, and they don't go into explaining why, because they don't need to. Yeah, you don't
0: have to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it's like, I mean, you you see it because
0: it's understood by the time you realize, by the time it's revealed that, you know, he's a criminal, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the father is a cop, and so you can see, like, by the context that we've gotten to, like, that we've gone through that they obviously at some point like started going down different paths and then like they both ended up on these two different sides of the spectrum as far as, you know, the law and, you know, the criminal the criminal side of things. Yep. Uh and it does a really good job of conveying a lot without having to do like super dialogue heavy exposition. Yes.
2: Again, in a movie that has as complicated a plot as it does, <laughs> there's a lot of things that Narratively, they figured out to to show us, don't tell us.
0: Yeah, yeah. and um, going back to the whole, I mean, the whole thing is a comics thing, but the issues for each of the different characters uh-huh. when Miles finally does let go and finally like falls and like comes into his own. I do love like how they dropped his issue. Yes. A- and that was kind of like all right, that like that was the origin story. Now he is Spider-Man. Yes. And that was great and, and his suit just everything. I yeah. Just, I'm
3: so, <laughs> uh, and the I'm text so the texture
2: on his suit was really great um because it's not quite denim and it's not quite it's like a soft-ish thing but it doesn't have like again in the like the Toby Maguire era like his suit was always like this, way this too weird, shiny and, shiny yeah. spandex <laughs> but, yeah so here it's really again going back to the graffiti there's hints of the graffiti in there and the way his spider is drawn uh, really smart yeah you have graffiti and watercolor and like 10 other animation styles all in the same movie that cohesively holds together yep
0: oh and aunt may lily yes. tomlin is aunt may yes. she's kind
1: of like the alfred she becomes yes. like the alfred and she does yes.
0: she takes him to the
1: lair the, the, all the gear. this She's like part alfred and part q yeah yes. <laughs>
2: finally Aunt May has something to do. Right. (laughs) Besides get hit
1: on by Tony Stark. Exactly. Or get like
0: sick and like die or, you know.
2: Or just be like kind of sad and pathetic. Or to be like a
1: pawn for Dr. Octopus or something. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie does just like everything right i just i don't know i can't think of anything bad to say about this movie well
1: (laughs) do you want to hear something that somebody said (laughs) that'll make you really mad did
0: you
2: read the comment
3: section (laughs) well well, like i said like
1: what like i said before uh if a movie has like really high critic ratings i'll go on i'm on uh, rotten tomatoes and read the negative reviews and most of the ones for this are, are fair enough some people say it's a bit too long i don't think it is but i could see someone saying that um, there's the one I already mentioned. Somebody says he thinks it's pandering to the non-white audience. Um, but one guy, <clears throat> Why are you uh, the Roger Moore, writing for Mo- Movie Nation, said that jerky motion, blurred action beats, a clever conceit ruined by sloppy animation. That's just um, <laughs> yeah. just moronic. No, it's missing the point of the film. Yeah. However,
2: there was—they do a lot of changing frame rates, especially in the action scenes or like particular kinds of when there's a full body figure in motion. Which, for a while, I was like are we watching this in the wrong frame rate or something wrong? And I realized it's a stylistic choice, but after a while, I found so, that. A so little that's bit what
1: the kind great. of like jerky yes. thing would be with the, when they change the frame rate. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I was wondering what was up with that too.
2: Well, it's 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 technically not the frame rate, but if you think of it like uh, I'm waving my hand slowly, how many drawings it would take to do that really slowly or how many individual pieces. Here, it's kind of like going dot, 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 like staccato.
0: I can see, yeah. like,
2: like
1: Okay. Like, so... What would be the difference between that and the frame rate? Like, is would wouldn't you to make it slower, you'd make it like more frames per second?
2: It depends. Uh, the, uh, the reason it's technically not the frame rate, it's the movement of the character. Cause the frame rate is still whatever, thirty frames a second, or whatever this film was shot in, like I finally exported in. It. It's because I was trying to figure out, like, is are they changing everything? No, it's just the movement of the character. Everything else is. Oh, moving okay, speed. it's movement of yeah. the
1: character is changing but not the actual
2: not the rest of the world yeah 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 yeah
0: Uh, so I feel like maybe is that like uh, thinking about like the spider pig scene where he's fighting Scorpion and he's kind of like zooming under him like kind of jumping over and like it kind of like flashes almost yes
2: that's the really jumped that's really staccato that's like you know the extreme version of it.
0: Which, yeah. again, makes sense for that animation style, because that's very, like, Looney Tunes-y, like the like, Zip. the zipping. and Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah uh, it has to have a sound with it. Zip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which I do love is uh, uh, John Mulaney's, like, sound effects during that. was like, blah, blammo, whoop-ah. <laughs> uh,
2: the incorporation of text in it, like, for all the sound effects of blam, zoom, bing, and you would see the words written everywhere, again, kind of calling on the comic roots. Really well done.
0: And then also, yeah, there's moments where there is, like, if someone's, like, shouting, it'll show, like, a quick, like, the voice lines coming out of them for, like, a quick second. Just... Yep.
2: I think the only thing animation-wise that where I was like, "Mm," is that there's sometimes, and again, this is really hard to do, uh, especially with 3D animation, where it it doesn't look like the sound that they're making, like, their dialogue, their words, doesn't look like the sound is coming out of the body. It just looks like a mouth is moving. Does that make sense? So if Mm -hmm. you think about the feeling like a sound comes out of a mouth
0: it's, it's kind of like the ADR type of yeah which yeah. I mean the whole movie would with, it's well all yeah, it's, all, yeah it's all, it's uh, all because yeah. it's a cartoon yeah. but yeah. We, we, we're not getting like yeah. uh, <laughs> somehow rigging these like 3D models with just like voice <laughs> yeah. boxes this, this, <laughs> <laughs> this movie isn't
2: rotoscoped yeah. Yeah. There were a couple scenes where I was like, especially when, um, you know, the glitch comes from the multiverse to pull the other um, Spideys back. When, you know, the whole figure of each character would get like fractured into like some would be 2D line art. Some would be like super high resolution, something else. I loved that effect. I want to watch it like frame at a time. Like that's what I'm going to be watching. Like boop, 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 (laughs) boop to see each of the kind of different variations on the characters that they have in that like two seconds right but it's like 60 different versions of the
0: character in two seconds yeah um does anyone else have any other notes
1: i've just got that it has an 8.8 on imdb uh 87 metacritic a 97 rotten tomatoes and a 95 audience tomatoes very nice
2: i would say that i think that that's the best end credit sequence i think i've ever seen the um kind of the meme style version. Yeah, it's like Spider-Man
0: oh, 2099 yes. shows yeah. up. But well, okay, so yeah, we'll get to that. But we'll I just we'll get, to get to the post-credits. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, but yeah, yeah, just like, as far as the last, like, uh, lines of the movie, I really loved, again, them turning back onto that representation yes. of Miles saying, you know, anyone can wear the mask, mm. you can wear the mask, you know, literally talking to, like, the people in the audience like those kids like all the little brown and black kids watching this yes. of like hey like this is for you like yes, yes. it you is can, for you, you like can be <laughs> because there's been a million other like superhero movies where no one like you gets to be the hero so like yeah you can be a hero too and i really i love that so much
2: and there it's you know i guess we're picking up on a theme here where it's a joke first cuz in the crowd scene when he's like Well, I don't think he's talking to you. They're all wearing different Spider-Man masks, (laughs) right? So it's a joke first, but then it becomes like a real moment of thoughtfulness later on. Yeah, at the very, very end. So meaningful. um, Seamlessly integrated, speaking in multiple languages, kind of having a really dynamic cast. Awesome.
0: Well, yeah. So, yeah, and then the the post-credits. (laughs) Post-credits sequence where
1: a different Spider-Man in a different universe comes up with a way to, like, travel to different universes and so he goes to 1967 and he's in the Spider-Man animated TV show <laughs> and it's the meme the yeah. meme of the yes. two Spider-Men <laughs> pointing at each other and they're having this argument of like you don't you point at me like I pointed at you because you pointed at me <laughs> and it's this drawn out thing just to pay off a meme yeah. in the most brilliant way possible
0: yeah that was Spider-Man 2099 um Who's from the he's, future, right? yeah he's a future oh. Spider-Man a future alternate reality Spider-Man so it's <laughs> you know um but yeah, that's uh, and that wrist thing is actually um, so into the comics again. Um, I picked up the a couple of issues over the last few weeks. Um, one is Spider-Man: Into the Spider-Verse written by uh, Ralph Macchio, not that Ralph Macchio. <laughs> I like, had to do the research because yeah. I opened it up. I saw Macchio on the cover and I was like, Macchio, opened it up and I was like, wow. Ralph, Ralph Macchio. Macchio. And then I had to do a Google search and I was like, oh no, there's an actually a completely different person named Ralph Macchio who writes comics. <laughs> um, artist Flaviano and the colorist is Eric R. Cienega. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly again. I am so sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is um, kind of just a, I believe this is a one shot uh, for this one and it's um, a few the different Spider-Man. I think every other Spider-Man is here except for Noir is uh, replaced by Spider-Punk in this one. Um, who's like from like another reality and he's got a punk band, Spider-Man with a punk band. Um, <laughs> and it's a really funny one. Um, they are like tracking this like extra-dimensional being who, again, everything kind of checks back to Doc Ock. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in this one, he's like a good guy for like two panels before it's like, psych, just kidding. I'm evil, of course, because I'm Doc Ock. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a fun one. Um, the other one that I picked up was um, the brand new series, which is starting, uh, and it is Miles Morales' Spider-Man. And that one is written by Saladin Ahmed, art by Javier Caron, Garon, Garon, I'm so sorry, once again, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot roll my R's, I, it's uh, one of the hardest things that I ever tried to do when I was learning Spanish, uh, and David Curiel, um, who I believe is doing colors, let me double check here, why are you being difficult, oh, let's in the back on this one. Sorry, first issues kind of mix things up a little bit. Yeah. Um, yep, that's right. Um, so, yeah, that one is out, and that's a new series that just started this last week. Um, that one's really fun so far. It kind of gets into his, uh, it kind of breezes through his origin um, pretty quickly and then gets into the story, um, which, again, in this, uh, in the comics now, Miles is, I believe, like in the main. Um, Marvel Universe. Oh. So, so he's crossed over. Yeah because uh, again, I'm not super familiar reasons, but like really complicated. yeah, I think like his entire reality was like wiped from existence at some point. like you know, Marvel does that yes. sometimes. <laughs>
2: yeah, wipe, wipe the slate
0: clean reset. Um, so yeah, he's like now in the main universe um, and that is a really great series that um, I recommend. I probably should have just saved that for recommendations, but that's my recommendation. Well, well uh, <laughs> I think we might be
1: doing our recommendations slightly differently in this episode. Oh, yeah. Because we were going to do, uh, we talked about it, uh, the top five. That's- oh, yeah.
0: Thank you, Colin, because it's we're releasing this during New Year's. It's like we're a few weeks out right now, and so I've kind of spaced, but yeah. When we get back from our break, we are going to give you some All right, and we're back with some recommendations for you. Uh, So yeah, 2018, that was a very long year, it felt like. Oh, so long. (laughs) Um, And there was, you know, some bad stuff that happened, but there was also a lot of good stuff that happened. And uh, particularly, like, within movies, uh, within comic books for me, uh, a lot of good music came out this year too um but yeah we're just gonna go around here and talk about what we really loved i think i figure we'll do um i think what five movies maybe three yeah five? I, i've came up with five cool yeah five movies yeah, five. that we all really loved and then we'll each kind of pick our own separate topic and give a top five for that so i'll lend the floor to you Colin.
1: okay well i'll start with my movies and uh just as a word of warning, like I didn't see that many movies in 2018, so like when I get around to seeing Black Klansman, I'm sure it'll knock something off this list. Same with Sorry to Bother You, and when I watch uh, Roma, which just came out this week. Um, but uh, my number five movie for this year was Incredibles 2. Uh, four was Annihilation. Three, Black Panther. Number two was eighth grade, and my favorite movie that I saw this year was *A Quiet Place*. I just loved that movie. I love the way they play with sound and the the editing of the sound and everything. It's fantastic. Uh, great first outing by John Krasinski as a filmmaker. So, um, but then I'll give you my top five podcast episodes from 2018. Now. I realize there are literally millions of podcasts, so these are just of yeah. uh, the ones that I subscribe to. I don't know favorite. about millions, Colin. I'd say
0: mm, billions. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but of There's the, the podcasts <laughs> that I subscribe to, these were my five favorite episodes this year. Um, number five was Hello from the Magic Tavern, uh, season two, episode 87, The Blue and the Green where um, Sarah In Maher tech? gets transported to Foon and Usador gets transported to Earth. So Usador and Spintax are having to take care of Arnie and Sarah's child. Was that and a recent one? Or... Yeah, it was fairly recent. Yeah, And um, they also are hosting Sarah's non-existent podcast about super the supernatural and knitting. Yeah! <laughs> Is it Witches and Stitches? That... <laughs> yeah, something oh, like yeah. that. Or it's That's like Stitch the bitch. supernatural knitting <laughs> show or something like that. But it's just a hilarious piece of... like narrative improv tying a bunch of stuff together the way that they do. Um, my number four episode is Sawbones Live in Denver talking about Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Now there's a uh an asterisk on this one because I did attend that show. So you were there <laughs> live. So I was there live. I was seeing, also saw my brother, my brother and me, but um this was a really, really funny episode of Sawbones uh with some really interesting twists like One of the things we did, we created a vaccine for Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever that was made of ground-up ticks and carbolic acid, and it worked! (laughs) Um, My number three is uh, the Adventure Zone Candle Nights special from 2018. Um, Griffin McElroy is great at making these one-off Danger Room episodes for the um, Bureau of Balance crew. And this year was one of the best ones where they went through a, a home alone series of traps and they had to get like the doll, like jingle all the way was the (laughs) main goal of the quest. So it was, it was a really fun episode. Um, My number two is how did this get made never too young to die, which just thank you for letting us know that that movie exists. That movie is a gift to the universe (laughs) in the same level that Miami connection is. Uh, So if you haven't seen never too young to die, Go see Never Too Young to Die and listen to this podcast. I
2: have not. I, I'm going to take that recommendation. It's, it's uh,
1: John Stamos um, as a like high st- a college-age kid who becomes a spy. And his dad is George Lazenby. <laughs> Great. Uh, and my number one uh, podcast episode is the season two finale of Mission to Zix. Where um, they just have been laying so much thread in so much improv and this one episode in the funniest and best and most well-rounded way ties together all of these loose ends and picks up things that you forgot about from season one and just delivers on every level just masterful improvisation and great sound editing and everything that is great about mission to zix so
2: awesome
0: (laughs) well tara what do you got for us
2: well, I kind of misbehaved and did mine as one giant thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, to like a roundabout route to my uh, top five for two thousand eighteen is I'm going to go back to my my picks. This is for films made in nineteen eighteen, so a hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> and awesome. Try and interview them. <laughs> okay, so one of and these aren't in any order. It, it just it was the only way I could get them to work together. So Mission Impossible Fallout, right? That that is a thrill ride of watching Tom Cruise do his own stunts and, you know, break his leg and stuff, or break his ankle. <laughs> yeah. And um, Henry Cavill's arms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very thrilling. Yes. Um, and that in 1918 was um, the uh, kind of early appearance of Buster Keaton. I Do you guys know? I, I know so Buster, Buster oh, yeah. Keaton. Yes, Ex- who's known for his exquisitely choreographed ballet-like stunts and special effects. Um, like, a whole house collapses on him in one of his films. Um, so... Buster Keaton, uh, that era, kind of a little bit later in the '20s, with the stunts, the thrills, the romance, the comedy—it's got all, all of it. Um, another all rounder is uh, from 1918 is um, *Carmen* by Ernst Lubitsch. I don't know if you guys know his stuff. Um, he was known as the when he moved to Hollywood as the Lubitsch Lubitsch touch because he was so like thoughtful. Um, he made a *Shop Around the Corner*, which was then later remade as *You've Got Mail*. Mm-hmm. So that's that, that's that same director. So his version of Carmen, um, based on the opera, is um, a woman in league with the devil himself who's smoking and drinking and fucking her way through multiple <laughs> men in 1918, right? Um, that, that, and it's a fantastic film. Uh, again, you can't talk about 2018 um, with... Uh, uh, without talking about Oceans 8, with an all-star cast of women behaving badly also. Ooh, th- that right? almost made
1: my top five. <laughs> yes, life. of yeah. smoking
2: and drinking and heisting all along the way. Um, and uh, again, women in comedy in 2019, uh, sorry, 2018, Crazy Rich Asians, right? Oh, the delightful so film of Asian Asian-American cast um, in 1919. There we go, Sarah. So it's like 99 and a half years earlier. Um, was the release of Broken Blossoms. The full, I don't know if you guys know I'm this not, film. Not familiar. Like when uh, at the Alamo they had a clip of it um, before showing um uh, uh Crazy Rich Asians because the full title of that film is Broken Blossoms or The Yellow Man and the Girl. Right? Oh. So it is one of that's, the, that's your yes, 1918 yes, title, <laughs> Yes. So it is one of the kind of early depictions of Yellow Face uh, and also set a lot of stereotypes that persist today that 100 years later, Crazy Rich Asians is finally starting to take apart. It was also directed by D.W. Griffith, who a few Birth years of a did Birth of a Nation, which is quoted directly in Black Klansman 100 years later, yeah. right, of Spike Lee's cinema history, knowing, like, literally taking footage from that film to talk about the kind of history of racial stereotypes in our country. Um, uh, in 19... 19- and if Black Klansman is like one version of dealing with the history of slavery in um, 1918, so 100 years ago, was a, a literary adaptation of Uncle Tom's Cabin, which, of oh. course, featured a lot of blackface, right? So kind of <laughs> looking at the contrast, you can't really understand Black Klansman without understanding kind of early cinema history. Um, 1918 also had at least two films about Tarzan. There's like a romance one and a Legend of the Apes uh films, uh, which are about a white man raised in the wilds of colonial Africa. Um, and then 100 years later, we have um, one of the top films is an Afrofuturist re- reimagining of if colonialism never touched the continent of Africa in Black Panther. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's the how to like some of these films are so radical that even like uh, if you go back 100 years, how much has changed and how much has not changed.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, damn, Tara. Sorry. You gotta follow that now. It's like, uh, my favorite movie was. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I, I feel like there's gonna be a couple of repeats on here from Collins and just because are I mean, no, I because mean, yeah, I mean, Black Panther, like, uh, yep. just.
3: Yep.
0: My God, it was just. It was a a feat (laughs) it was one of those movies that um again beyond just being a great superhero movie was just an extremely well done movie period um like the issues that it tackles the representation that it creates uh is just something that uh yeah it goes beyond just a superhero movie um annihilation just annihilation Annihilation. Yeah, okay. uh, Natalie Portman. Oh, I didn't um, see this yeah, yeah. yeah, Tessa Thompson was in it. Uh, Jess, J- Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, um, a
1: hard sci-fi. Oh, yeah. how did
0: I not see this? It's like, uh, have you seen Ex Machina? Yeah. It's like along those lines in, in terms of like kind of like feel yeah. um and it's yeah it's an amazing uh sci-fi movie we've done an episode on that one too oh, i will
2: listen to it should i listen to it before i watch, watch, watch the movie first, first. Okay. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> very
2: clear directive watch
0: the movie first mate. Um am sorry to bother you um
2: that was my special mention because I haven't seen it yet, but I assume it would be in my top five. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: great. Um, Boots Riley, uh, like debut film. It's one of those movies where this was a lot. There were a lot of debut directors this year with very strong showings. Um, Bradley Cooper. Uh, uh, we just Jim Krasinski. Yep. Um, John Krasinski. Sorry, <laughs> yes. yeah, that's his character from The Office. <laughs> he just is um, yeah. that. Jordan Peele. Uh, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. It, it was a lot. Of, or I think that was till two thousand. That was last year, sorry. but still. But still, um, there's just there's been a really really strong showing for a lot of uh, directors, um, and let's see, Hereditary was. Oh my God, I I. I enjoy a certain type of horror movie and this is right up my alley. Um, This was, it's a perfect uh, ambiance. It it sets the tone really well and just like drives it in. It never really, um, it doesn't like pump, like pump the gas, oh, like a, like a lot of horror movies feel like they have to. It just like kind of sets this weird eerie tone, and then just like
2: and then just leaves you in like spooky eerie. Something's not right here for like an hour. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like ah, it's so uncomfortable to watch in a good way. Have you seen The Witch?
0: Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. We, we did, did an episode
1: yeah. on oh, it. <laughs> that, that's another one that just, just creates... You've got the, like that, 90 the, episodes that, that you get to catch up on by next week. That'll be my homework. Thank you. <laughs> creates that great uh, spoopy aesthetic and just drops you in it. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: Um, and then you said Eighth Grade, which I also really loved. Um, so I'll add uh, Deadpool 2 to my list because uh, that was actually really good... Um, and the costume design for that movie has been better than, like, any other, like, X-Men movie so far. So it's yeah. just, like, it's it's great. My only problem was there wasn't enough Ricky Baker. I can't
2: think of that
0: actually. Oh, movie. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was,
1: he was just Ricky Baker yeah. to me, too. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, another episode we've done. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah so that is my movies. Uh, and then I've decided to do comics because that's something I've been really really into this year um i've been you know pretty much every new comic book day which is every wednesday for anyone that's looking to get in uh to the single issue game uh every wednesday comic books uh, comic stores re-up on their comic books and the new issues come out Uh, some of my favorites from this year have been we've got um So recently they did a series of what if comics. Uh, My favorite out of that was what if Magic became Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, Magic is a character from the X-Men, Ileana Rasputin. She's Colossus's sister. And this uh, is again, um, going into that alternate reality. This Mm is, um, they did a what if of whether, or if she became the Sorcerer Supreme studied under Stephen Strange. Um, And it was a really, really great um, one shot issue. Ah, uh, the writer was Leah Williams. The artist was Felipe Andrade. <laughs> the colorist is Chris O'Halloran. Um, and then the letter VC Clayton Cows. Um, another one that I really enjoyed. Again, back into the multiverse, the Exiles uh which is about um blink who is a x-men from the age of apocalypse she leads a team of time and space displaced um uh superheroes from alternate realities um i talked a little bit about this team in our buster keaton episode because they have like a western universe one where that they drop into um so yeah the main team is blink Valkyrie, who is modeled after Tessa Thompson's character from uh, Thor Ragnarok, um, Kamala Khan, who is just known as Khan and is from an alternate dystopian future. Uh, we've got Iron Lad uh, and wolvie who's like very uh, like Spider Ham adjacent in terms of like from a very <laughs> cartoony Looney Tunes type of world. I one? Um, yeah, one second here. That is written by Saladin Ahmed, who you will probably hear a couple more times on here because. He is great, and I'm loving everything that he's writing so far. Um, Javier Rodriguez is Pencils and Colors, and Alvaro Lopez is Inks. And another one for you is Runaways. Uh, Runaways is um, about a group of kids who find out that their parents are supervillains. In the original run, uh, which ran for, I think, four or five years Um, Like Joss Whedon wrote in it Um, and this is like a brand new um, they started again from number one brand new run Um, and this is about the um, Pretty much like all of them growing up um, having to kind of come into their own um, and Again, some time travel stuff in there because you can't have comic books without time travel and bringing people back from the dead Mm -hmm. because that's just how you do it. Um, This one's written by Rainbow Rowell, art by Chris Anka, and colors by Matthew Wilson. Um, Submerged, which is a comic book out of Vault. uh, Vault, excuse me. Uh, And this one is... uh, It's kind of like... um, it's almost like an allegory. Uh, it's like this, um, young woman, she kind of like enters the, um, like her own psyche from what I understand. I'm, I, I, it's kind of like high concept in, in terms of like, it's delving into like her past, like her, um, like her family issues, like her mental well Um, and it's, um, kind of all going, uh, she's like in this underground, um, subway station that's like slowly filling up and she has to kind of like face these demons um, as like literal demons and also like memories of her past in her childhood um, and that is written by Vita ayala um, illustrated by lisa sterl colored by stella dia uh, and lettering by rachel deering um, and then uh, jen Bartel does a lot of the covers for that she's also an amazing artist And I love everything that she does. (laughs) (laughs) Was that four? That was four, right? Yeah. Uh, Five is Abbott. Um, This one is about a, uh, she's a tabloid journalist, but she's really like an investigative journalist who can't really, uh, who's not really taken all that seriously because she's a black woman in the 1960s. Um, And she is um, uh, investigating some mysterious deaths, um, everyone in the town kind of like uh, she's kind of like a pariah because she was like the one reporter who was willing to report on um, the police killing uh, mm-hmm. a young unarmed black man. I'm sure and, that turns out really well for her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so um, it also like incorporates elements of um, it's got like some dark magic. Um, it's got like a like kind of like a horror feel to it, um, and she is um a badass (laughs) and it is written by saladin ahmed illustrated by sammy cavella colored by jason wordy and lettered by uh jim campbell with covers by taj tenfold um again like i said saladin ahmed if you see anything with his name on it like just pick it up just just yeah just just try it (laughs) out um he wrote a really good uh black bolt series that uh continued this year i think he just finished it out this year um, and he's also going to be writing for um, the new, uh, or she's Miss Marvel uh, Kamala Khan, um, who was written by G Willow Wilson previously. And, or sorry, G Willow? I think that's right, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, so those are my comic book recommendations, and that ends my long winded recommendation. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you sold me on all of them. I want to spend all my time watching. Listening to those podcasts while meeting the comments.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like between the three of us, like we just kind of like taken the entire universe yeah, we <laughs> of media. A media. Lot of media. <laughs> I mean, like if you want to get into T V shows, like I'm looking at yeah. some recommendations yeah. for that. Like yeah. yeah,
1: I could have put together a list of those as well. Yeah. But
0: but yeah, um, well, I mean, just a couple off the top of my head: Sabrina, uh, the Good Place, like the Good Place. Just watch the Good Place just if watch you're not If you're the not Good already Place. watching, it. watch it. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I think that about wraps us up, uh, and that wraps us up for the year, you guys. Woo! So yeah, um, the next time that you'll hear from us will be 2019. So I hope everybody has a happy New Year. Enjoy your holidays. Um, well, anybody got any other?
1: I think we'll see you next year oh wait but uh you can find us on whatever podcatcher uh you prefer um we are all of our episodes are on soundcloud uh we can be found on twitter at iwitwt or on facebook facebook forward slash groups forward slash iwitwt
0: that is correct
1: and craig and i are on twitter i am at cullen munch i am at catharticus and you can just email me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the deal. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's been a great year. It's uh, this is our second year. We've uh, wow, I mean, this is well, we started this in December of 2016. Wow. We did, yeah, we've done almost, yeah, we went for weekly, uh, for a while there.